The OCD and Anxiety Podcast by Robert James Coaching. Hello and welcome to the OCD and Anxiety Podcast, where we explore how to have a more positive relationship with anxiety disorders, taking back control so that you can start living the life you choose and not the one chosen by your fears. Hello and welcome to the New Year's Day special. I hope that you all had a fantastic New Year's Eve and are already having a great start to the year. It's a fantastic time um, to start reflecting and thinking about all the potential changes you can make uh, in the upcoming year in regards to managing your OCD in a much more effective way. And if you do happen to be struggling and need some help with your OCD, then you can get a free session with me. To get that, all you need to do is to head over to my website, www.robertjamescoaching.com, and there you can leave me a message and we can arrange the free session. In today's podcast, I'm going to be uh, discussing with um, Paul McCarroll, who is uh, an OCD therapist, somebody who has had OCD himself, um, who brings uh, you know a very kind of unique perspective to the table um, of of dealing with OCD, having struggled with it himself so much in the past. This is the third time that Paul's been on the podcast because I think he's such a knowledgeable person. Uh, I really wanted to have him back on um, to discuss what we can actually start doing, um, you know, at the start of the year in order to get ourselves moving in the best possible way. And so today's podcast is all about that. Um, as always, I really hope that you enjoy. Um, if you have any questions, then do please let me know. And if you want to get in touch with Paul, you can head over to www.befreefromocd.com. Or you can also find him on Instagram. His handle is at BeFreeFromOCD. Many thanks, and I hope you enjoy. Hi, Paul. Welcome back to the podcast. It's great to have you on again. Hi, Rob. It's great to be back. Thanks for having me. Oh, you're welcome. So um, I wanted to, well, we, we discussed uh, for, uh, for the last week or so about doing uh, a Christmas special and um, time has kind of moved on. We're almost at New Year's already. But actually, um, you know, you've been already doing a fair bit of work um, around this kind of area. And, and looking at some of the difficulties that, that we face at, at you know, Christmas or the turn of the year. And um, so maybe I could kind of just uh, allow you to take over a little bit and, and discuss, you know, what are some of the things that, that people can do um, at the beginning of the year to, to deal with their OCD in the best possible way moving forward? Yeah, thanks. Thanks for that, Rob. And I'll just give it, and I know you'll probably put that in the show notes anyway, but just for any of those listeners who, who would be interested, I did do a, a guide um, of how to manage OCD and anxiety during the holiday season. Um, it's a free guide. It's, it's available for anybody. I encourage you to, to download it um, on my website. And also there is a link on my Instagram page as well. 
But as Rob has said, obviously time has moved on. We're not necessarily um, at Christmas anymore, but we're still within that holiday season and still coming towards New Year. So, I mean, the three sort of main themes that I talked about, which we can explore and then maybe rehash a little bit, um, was allowing your thoughts to play like a radio in the background. So that sort of mindfulness technique, that idea that we're not going to get ensnared caught up very um, heavily attached to our, our own thoughts and feelings and try and learn to let them play like a radio in the background, not give them too much attention. I yeah. also talked about um, learning to to be very skillful with our attention that sometimes that what can actually exacerbate and sort of make those difficult thoughts and feelings more challenging is spending too much time and attention on them. As you are a big advocate of and a teacher of Rob, you know, likes the Wim Hof method and being in nature, doing things like that, which get our focus off of ourselves can be incredibly helpful. And especially at this sort of time when maybe for many of us, um, we're sort of not able to get out the scene, there's certain restrictions in place and really being in nature or going for a walk or, or doing something with our body is something that doesn't have to cost a lot of money and something um, that we all can do. And just finally, I talked about this idea that you know, in time things will pass you know we have this idea i think when we're struggling and things are really challenging that it's going to last forever um but there is that idea um within the within the work that we do that you know thoughts and feelings the intrusive ones the the not so intrusive ones they're a bit like gravity that eventually they have to come down um and actually the less we get caught up in them and the more likely they are to sort of go their natural course so that Rob was roughly what was covered in terms of my actual guide but I'm, I'm more than happy to, to explore that and, and maybe even some different things that, that go into the new year absolutely yeah I think it's uh, some really good points that you uh, you stated there um, one of the one of the things that kind of caught my attention immediately was um, you know this this focus that you you've put on um controlling or recognizing that you're the one with the power over over where your attention goes that you have the ability to uh to choose where you put your attention that you're not um going to be pushed around by the OCD unless you really allow that to happen because there's a sense when we have OCD that we're powerless that you know, that the OCD has taken over control and we're not able to do anything against it. And this is, uh, this is a really important message. I think, you know, if, if you were going to go into the new year with, with anything in mind, with, with learning how to overcome OCD, I think, you know, definitely that is one of the most important ones for, uh, for me. I think, Rob, that's a really great distinction um, that you've actually highlighted there that, you know, within OCD, as you said, within um, some of the clients that I see, especially initially, there is this idea, this sense of powerlessness, this sense of hopelessness, you know, but what can help to sort of, you know, work with that and, and ease that is recognizing that, yes, we have very little control of what thoughts show up for us. You know, if, if I was to say to you, Rob, you know, don't think about a pink elephant. I can nearly guarantee you that some resemblance of a pink elephant sort of come up in your mind. So unfortunately, as human beings, as much as we would like to only think happy, nice, positive, 
liberating thoughts. Sometimes our brain doesn't always work that way. Sometimes we do get a lot of thoughts which are unhelpful, which actually can can cause a lot of issues. It can cause a lot of challenges. But what we do have, which you rightly um, alluded to, Rob, is this idea of where we put our attention. You know, and that's what that first step that I talked about in the guide, whether it's at Christmas, whether it's at summertime, whether it's in the new year, it's something which can be used on a daily basis. And it's something I think which is really important. It's that recognition that, and why I use that analogy of a radio in the background, because if you're in a restaurant, if you're with a good friend or family member and you're having a meal, I can't really guarantee you there'll be some sort of music playing in the background, whether it's a radio or a DJ or someone on the guitar. Generally, there's something going on. And what I like about that idea also, Rob, is that we don't have really any control over the music that's being played, um, unless maybe you run the business. But you do have control of whether you pay attention to it or not. If it's a good song, you might tune in, you might sing along, you might pay attention. But if not, you just put your time and energy on to having a nice meal and enjoying the conversation with your friend or family member, all the while, while that song or music is going on in the background and i like that analogy because it's very similar to our own thinking we can't just turn it off but we do have the choice of where we put our attention and actually what seems to happen over time even if the thoughts don't go away we learn that they don't have to stop us from doing what we want to do absolutely yeah i'm looking at my dog bruno now and all i can see is a pink dog to be honest (laughs) (laughs) Um, but no, you're you're absolutely right. And, um, you know, I, I've actually just recorded a podcast, uh, which would have been released uh, on, on Wednesday, just gone by. Um, actually kind of talking about a similar, a similar kind of subject in a way, slightly different, but it's looking at this, looking at the kind of the analogy of, of uh, a radio. Um, it's a slightly different one though. I'm, I'm kind of pointing out a little bit here with this analogy that we, when we struggle with OCD, the part of the struggle or, or, or the process of obsessing and then performing compulsions to deal with the anxiety that the obsessions produce, we're actually kind of tuning into a radio station in a way. Um, you know, we're, we're very much going into a certain kind of frequency and it's like the radio, uh, when we're really struggling with it, gets stuck on that frequency. And as much as we try, we're not able to, to, to change it. It's almost like the antenna is broken or something and we can't pay attention to, to, to anything else. Um, now, obviously what you were talking about was something slightly different. This is, this is uh, this is something else, but it's still related. Um, we we have that ability to be able to actually widen our attention and to move our attention in a mindful way onto other things, despite the fact that the radio in that particular moment is stuck on a channel that we don't particularly like. It's you know it's radio OCD and it's. It's very repetitive. It's going round and round in circles. And we're getting potentially, if we're not mindful, it's very easy for us to get frustrated about that, to get annoyed about that. Um, And of course, when that happens, we generally uh, just kind of make it worse. So if that radio is blaring that you were talking about, you know, what you can do, as you very well just pointed out, is just 
turn down the volume or take that radio, put it in the room next to you and close the door, you're still going to hear that radio, but maybe it's not quite so loud anymore. And it will be a bit easier for you to move your attention onto uh, the things where, where, you know, the things that are going to help you to feel better, i.e., you know, your values. And that's a, a great, a great point, Robin. As I would often say to the clients that I work with, you know, when you're listening to that radio station, when you're tuned into that sort of radio doom and gloom frequency, you know, does your life get better? Do you start moving towards the things you want to move towards? Or do you find that you get more stuck and actually you find that you're doing less of what you want to do? Yeah, very much and, so. Yeah. And usually there, there, there'll be a, be a pause, but, you know, 99% of the clients that I see will, will always reply, yeah, the more I listen to that station, the more I do those compulsions, the more I get involved in those ritualistic behaviors, my life just becomes about OCD. Yeah. And it's very much not about doing anything else. So, you know, part of recovery and part of actually moving forward is sometimes learning that maybe in those initial stages, radio doom and gloom might show up a lot, but you still have a choice of what you do, as I would say, with your hands and your feet. You know, example example today that I would use, and I'm sure, Rob, you know, if you're being transparent and, and authentic, which I know you are, at times OCD and intrusive thoughts will show up for us all. You know, and, and even for me today, I mean, I was you know, just sort of lay on a bit longer, felt a bit groggy. You know, I had all that stuff of, you know, just going to lie about the house. I'm just going to not do anything. And while feeling all that, I decided actually, you know, which I think a part of that is normal too, especially in in this sort of time that we're talking about between Christmas and New Year. Year. But you can also do things to sort of work with that. So for me, I I put the trainers on, I put my coat on. I'm very fortunate to live a, a lovely sort of forest nature walk beside me. And, you know, it's almost a case of you have to bring that with you for a while. Like the first part of the walk, I still felt sluggish. I still felt heavy. But by the time I got back, you know, that stuff wasn't as bothersome. Now, and, and, and I always will say that, you know, there's no guarantee that the stuff will just be erased and will just be, you know, have, have magical feelings and thoughts afterwards. But you're more likely to be in a better place sometimes when you do something with your behavior, when you do something that rather than just getting stuck in your own thoughts, Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. 100%. It's so easy to, to, uh, to take the easy way out and to just kind of not do anything. Like you say, moving with your hands and feet is often one of the best things that you can do. Because if we just sit and we dwell and we don't actually go anywhere or do anything, then, you know, the habitual thing to do is just to ruminate and to, to get ourselves more and more stuck. But, you know, like I, I the, very much the same thing happened uh, with me this morning. I woke up not feeling in the best of moods, uh, certainly not ready to start planning a podcast or I uh, didn't really feel ready to do much of, um, of anything at all. And I really did not want to go for a run. However, there's a beautiful forest not far from here. So I grabbed Bruno and off we went. And Bruno was happy as Larry, chasing rabbits, running through the forest. And uh, by the time I got back, you know, my mood had completely shifted. Um, And so sometimes, yeah, I I really agree. It's just about taking action, even in those moments when you really don't want to. And unfortunately, that's the hardest time sometimes to, to take action. 
Um, but if there's one thing that I really think is true, and you know, obviously a big part of acceptance commitment therapy is the commitment part is is taking that action uh, on a daily basis if you can. I mean, you don't have to do obviously exercise every day, but exercise definitely really is a big one for me. But small steps, um, whatever it might be that you've chosen to commit to for uh, an extended period of time, trying to, to do something consistently each day, be it meditation, breath work, yoga, uh, diffusion techniques, um, you know, whatever it is that, that, is, that you're working on to, to help you improve your OCD, committing to it and, and taking those steps each day is, is how I think you get yourself out of the, the, the kind of OCD trap in, in the long run. What, what do you think? I think, you know, really excellent point again, Robert. I think it really ties in very well with this sort of New Year's idea. And I think that, you know, society, we've always, we always talk about these sort of New Year's resolutions and about, for a lot of us, we put a lot of maybe pressure on ourselves or we have these great intentions. And I think, to be honest, that part is healthy. It's great to have intentions that maybe there are things you're doing that aren't going so well or things you would like to change to try and, put that in place and I think we're where OCD is concerned and I think you get a really good point you know it's about small steps incremental steps that you can put in place every day I love the Japanese proverb Rob which says fall down seven times get up eight yeah what I love about that is that recognition especially within OCD recovery that there will be times that maybe you decide that okay I'm going to wash my hands nine times as opposed to 10 and you struggle and you don't do it or maybe that you're going to work with not getting engaged with those intrusive thoughts one one morning and you find you get ensnared what's really important is recognizing that over time the less you do those behaviors the less you get engaged um in those things that ocd is prompting you to do that that is where freedom will start to come that is where your own recovery journey will really start to to take take fold i mean i often use the, the funnel analogy rob when i'm working yeah. with clients that you know when you're as i know you're familiar with that the more you spend time and energy and attention on your ritualistic behaviors it's like the the you know you're you're given energy and you're given um you're making them bigger the less you do of that, the more wiggle room you have for doing those things that matter in your life. And I know that it's easy for you and I, Rob, to talk about that. It's it's a slightly more challenging to do it, but it is possible. It's recognizing that, you know, Absolutely, both you yeah. and I have, a, have had our own lived experience, Rob. We've, we've definitely been there and wore the t-shirt, but we're also, you know, I think advocates of and examples of, that, you know, that over time might take, might take time, but actually, you know, this year going forward it's about setting those small wee targets that, that you can and try and do things um every day absolutely absolutely and to you know maybe maybe it's a good time to to talk about values here with obviously you know the new year and you know kind of setting setting up um the year in in the best possible way and thinking about what you really want to achieve over the coming year obviously fits in really well with with values for for me uh last year one of the big things that i really wanted to achieve was uh this wim hof method course 
um, that had been postponed numerous times because of COVID. And I'll be honest about it. I was really anxious and nervous about this course because it had been postponed so many times and we didn't know if it was going to go ahead. Um, I had to go out to Poland and uh, do all the stuff, do a presentation and uh, show that I uh, knew how to how to teach the method and do an exam and all this all this stuff where you are being judged. And to be honest, it's one of the things that really triggers me and it really triggers my OCD is being judged. Um, you know, I don't want to be judged badly. I don't want people to, to see me in a bad light. And so it was a really challenging time. You know, I had moments where the anxiety kept coming up and I would catch myself ruminating and obsessing and you know, I would have to use all of my uh, different skills that I've learned over the years to keep myself on an even keel. And thankfully, you know, the time came and it actually, you know, all my fears uh, proved to be completely wrong and everything went really well. And uh, I enjoyed the experience, but it was hard. And I think uh, the point I'm making is it doesn't matter how far uh, down the path of uh, quote unquote recovery, you know, you are, um, you are still going to have challenges. And I'm sure it's the same for you with different things. Um, difficult things are going to come up, um, you know, no matter how far down that, that path you are. And it's a process of constantly having to, um, you know, learn to accept again, that difficulties are, go are going to be there. It doesn't mean that you can't overcome them. It doesn't mean that you're going to be uh, having uh, the life, or not a good life or a life that you didn't wish for just because you have anxiety or just because you have challenges. Um, I think by focusing on your values, what you can do is, is create a lot of meaning in your life, despite the fact um, that you're potentially going to have to struggle sometimes with anxiety. If you have meaning, then that's the way that you can really learn to accept and overcome that anxiety because actually you've created something more important than the anxiety in your life, your values and, and the meaning that you have tied up with, with those values really gives you something to focus on um, when, when things do get difficult, not to say that things are always going to be difficult. Of course, like for me these days, OCD is much, much easier to manage and it doesn't come up that much at all to, to bother me. Um, but there are days and there are moments when, when it is difficult. And sometimes those things are tied up with the things that are really important to us. Like that Wim Hof course was, was for me. Um, so yeah, what, what, <laughs> I've said quite a lot, but what do you think about that? No, it's great. I love listening to that, as I'm sure that your listeners will as well, Rob. And I think you know what you really demonstrated there. Um, I mean, the Wim Hof method is something which is you know really valued across the world, and I, it's a great strength to, to your bone, not only for keeping yourself well, but for, for supporting others. Um, it sort of reminds me as well, Rob. Um, within acceptance and commitment therapy, which I know you'd be familiar with, we talk about this sort of passengers on the bus metaphor. Um, and really, yeah. for those of your listeners who maybe haven't heard that before, if you, if you can just even imagine a bus, you know, and say there's a driver and you're going to Glasgow or London or Barcelona or wherever it is you're going, 
And along the journey, there'll be different stops and there'll be different passengers will show up. Some will be well-dressed, some will be very unkempt, some will look a bit shady, some you're just unsure of, some will be really nice and friendly, but there'll be a whole mixed bag, a whole, you know, variety of different passengers. And being a bus driver, if you are a bus driver, you know, you have really, if they have a valid ticket, you've no really say of, of whether they can get on the bus or not. Um, and it's quite similarly, I like that analogy in terms of, of working with our values and moving towards things which are important to us. So say, say on the front of your bus is applying for a new job or attending a, a university course or maybe asking someone out on a date. You know, maybe that's, that's the things on the top of your, of your bus. And, and some passengers that might show up for you, you know, anxiety might take a seat. Low mood might take a seat, you know, you're not going to ever get a nice bird pen, might take a seat, or you could never do that job, might have a seat. And, and, and very naturally, you know, we might get into the, this idea of trying to stop the bus and, and trying to get these passengers off. But we get the, but we do stop the bus and we try and fight and argue and try and get these passengers off. The bus isn't going anywhere. You know, you aren't moving towards those things that matter to you because you're spending your time, devote your time and energy to get the bad passengers, get those difficult thoughts and feelings feelings off but what if we could learn to just be like the bus driver in everyday life where we try and move towards where we're going we try and move forward towards those things that are important to us even if anxiety shows up even if self-doubt shows up even if intrusive thoughts or compulsive urges take a seat that we don't have a magic wand to stop them from showing up they, they, they if they have a ticket they're likely to show up and um what if we could learn that's our sort of acceptance piece it's difficult it's challenging but it's a new way of looking at this that rather than spend our time and energy trying to fight and get rid of these difficult thoughts and feelings you know and even in that analogy to think about it you might get rid of them for one stop but the next stop there potentially be more and that's very similar in our own life. When we try and fight and get rid of these difficult thoughts and feelings, when we try and do a compulsion, when we do some sort of ritual, we get what's called short-term relief. Mm. But in the long term, that doesn't stop them from coming back. Um, Absolutely, yeah. So, yeah. So I don't know what your views are on that metaphor is, Rob. No, I love that metaphor. I use it quite a lot. Um, and, uh, you know, it's it's really important to remember that the as as the bus driver you know to keep your focus on what what you value what is the important thing for you in that situation as the bus driver you know you want to drive the bus safely um and the best way to do that is obviously just to focus your attention narrow your focus on to what you're doing in that moment um and to just allow that noise to be there in the background if you've got a whole bunch of football hooligans on your bus screaming, making lots of noise, doing whatever they're doing, you know, it's all too easy to focus in on that and just think this is so annoying. Why are they so loud? Why won't they just get off my bus? These annoying people. <laughs> but, uh, you know, you're just going to wind yourself up. You're going to you're going to make yourself feel feel sick. And all for nothing, because they're just going to get off that bus at some point anyway. And they're not going to care if they wound you up or not. And so, you know, we should we should care, though, because obviously, if we allow ourselves to get wound up in that situation, 
unfortunately, then that carries on into the rest of our day. Um, you know, it's it's unfortunately uh, the case that with OCD, and I'm sure uh, you've experienced this a lot, where if you're able to to nip nip the obsession in the bud at the at the start of it when you first recognize the telltale signs that you're beginning to obsess about something and if you perform another compulsion it might be more difficult for you to get yourself back on back on track um however you know the converse is also true that if you can nip it in the bud the earlier, the better, because it's so much easier if you've only been kind of ruminating for a short amount of time to, to refocus your attention where you want it to be. As soon as you've allowed it to get to the point where it's angered and frustrated you, it, there's an emotional intensity to it, which makes it a little bit harder to, to disengage from. So, you know, I think that's uh, an important thing to say about it as well. And I think, Rob, that there's times, you know, where, I mean, I know for me that, and everybody's different, but probably the, there's a, a, ten, a tendency for me to nearly get sort of um, ensnared, like first thing in the morning when I'm tired or when I'm, mm. you know, maybe, maybe sort of just awake and maybe sort of a, an intrusive thought or also bird shows up, there is that almost, you don't have your, your sort of defenses, you haven't had your morning coffee sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but generally, I think it's a great point you made. It's that recognition that, you know, getting involved with OCD is very much like a slippery slope. You know, mm. once you give in and do the ritual, once you, you know, decide to maybe avoid certain things or try and maybe repeat certain phrases in your head, whatever your sort of pattern of OCD is, whatever it is that you do, once you get started on that, you know, it does make it that wee bit harder to, to stop you can stop of course you can that's why we do the work that, that we do but it's about recognizing that you know as you increase that awareness piece as you become more mindful of what's actually going on you know and i'm becoming more aware of the actual trap that as you do more of the rituals as you listen more to the sort of dictator within as i would call it you know mm. When you learn to see that your life starts to get smaller, that you start doing less of what you want to do, and your life really just becomes one big compulsion. Yeah. When you start to yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> when you start to get that idea in your head, that's almost fuel. That's almost ammunition to say, right, let's try and do things differently. You know, and that's yeah. why I think that with coming up to the new year, there is almost just that's almost in the air. It's in the environment that people have this idea, right. I want to make a change. I want to do things differently. And for you, that might be, I want to do less of my OCD. I want to get back to college. I want to find a part-time job. And, you know, I want to put the focus on the more healthier things. And it's recognizing that that's possible. You know, we just need to learn, as we discussed earlier, to turn the volume down on OCD. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and also just to kind of, to say that, yeah, I mean, just because you've started to worry about something excessively, uh, just to kind of reinforce what what uh, what I was saying earlier, um, you know, it doesn't mean that you can't disengage. Uh, it does Absolutely. make it it does make it harder because it's obviously when we start to stress ourselves, there's a you know there's a reaction in the body. We're releasing more cortisol, more adrenaline. We become more revved up, but 
yes, if even if that does happen, you know, you can still develop the skills that acceptance commitment therapy gives you, um, that you can disengage from this stuff at any point. And it's so important to, to, to remember that, I think, um, that you are the one. I, I, this is something that for me is, you know, it was one of the most important learnings to, you know, and I have to remind myself of it still sometimes when I do get stuck, uh, you know, that we are the ones with the power, you know, not the OCD. And it doesn't matter how long you've been ruminating for any given moment when you really decide enough is enough you know i i am not going to come to a conclusion i'm not going to demand certainty from myself i'm going to walk away from this you can and when you do you'll get an amazing sense of relief and a feeling of of empowerment and this is this is the feeling that i think uh you know, is, is, is something that is worth its weight in gold and, you know, coming back, bringing it back to the new year, something else that you can also uh, try to, to bear in mind, you know, moving forward into, into the new year. Yeah, Robin, I think, you know, it's because of the new year, and as I've already alluded to, you know, there's, there probably is a sense of energy there, and I hope that there is, that people who are listening to the podcast, that, that, that they want to make change. Yeah. And I think as you, as we both have touched on, it's recognizing the change as possible. And I really love the way you put that, that, you know, we are the ones in control. Now, OCD may have been in your life for so long. It may be debilitating. It may be, you know, something which takes up so much of your time. But it's about recognizing that doesn't have to anymore you know you are in charge of your own destiny here you are the driver of this bus does that mean that difficult thoughts and feelings will never show up no it doesn't because we're human and whether you have OCD or anxiety or depression or just everyday struggles sometimes difficult thoughts and feelings show up but they do not have to be our master you know I love that sort of zen saying you know the brain um is a is a great slave but a terrible master. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so we can we can do a lot of our brain is incredibly helpful. It helps to there be no such thing as Zoom or podcasts or the internet or beautiful books or pieces of literature. If we didn't have this amazing brain. But sometimes that same brain can also send out messages like, oh you need to wash your hands again or you need to repeat that phrase in your head or, or you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so it's about learning to sort of go with your brain when it's useful and when it's not just to, to let it play like a radio in the background. Absolutely. Brilliant. Paul, I'm aware that we're, we're short of time. So um, if, uh, if people want to, to get in touch with you, to, to find out about your therapy and things, what can they do? So Rob, um, probably there's, there's, there's two or three main avenues in terms of getting in contact with me. Um, I have my website, which is www.befreefromocd.com. Um, I'm very active on social media. My Instagram is at befreefromocd. Um, and I'm also active on Facebook at befreefromocd as well. What I would encourage people to do, it's a, it's a free resource. Um, as I've already mentioned at the top of the program, it's just a PDF document 
how to manage OCD and anxiety during this holiday period. Um, and I think there's similar themes in there that, that we've, we've talked about today and, and hopefully um, maybe work with some of your, your listeners in the future. Absolutely. Yeah, that would be great. Okay, well, Paul, thank you so much for your time. I mean, it's been such a such a good conversation. You're, you know, such an expert on acceptance commitment therapy and bringing your, you know, un- unique kind of position of having had such a difficult struggle with OCD yourself. Um, you know, I'm sure the listeners find it really helpful and encouraging to, you know, to to get your advice. You're very welcome. It's always a pleasure coming on the show, Rob. Um, and, I, and I hope that you have a, a lovely new year uh, and your listeners also. You too, mate. Many thanks. If you are struggling with OCD or anxiety, you can get a free session with me. It's always free. And all you need to do to get that is to head over to my website, www.robertjamescoaching.com. There you can leave me a message and we can arrange the free session. And now just a quick reminder of my disclaimer. Any information that you view on my website, Instagram page, Facebook group, or anywhere else online, or any information that you listen to on the podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to be a substitute for actual medical or mental health advice from a doctor, psychologist, or any other medical or mental health professional.